cannot believe that we are... We are in the final hour of the broadcast here on Radio Row. Uh, it's, it's, I'll be honest. I, I thought we had another hour yet to go. I really did. I thought we had another hour yet to go uh, after this. I, I, this. This day has flown by. Hopefully you're enjoying the interviews. Hopefully you're enjoying the, pers- uh, the, you know, the perspective by many other people um, about everything from, you know, Rivalries within the NFC North, uh, the upcoming game, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the honor show last night. We, we heard, uh, you know, we, we broke it down in the entire first hour uh, of the show, myself and Mike Clemens. By the way, if you want to listen to anything that we have over and over again, uh, all you got to do is go to the podcast page. I, I really implore you, if you would, uh, whether it's the YouTube channel, which go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can subscribe for free. And you can go back and watch the program. Uh, you can always listen to many of these things, uh, many of the interviews and such, over on the podcast. And you can find it there. Just simply go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to uh, go to Google Podcasts. And you can just Google Bill Michael Show. And that will pop up as well. And uh, you can find all of our podcasts and, and everything there. So that's another great way to pay attention to the program. Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash Bill Michael Show. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. I'm sorry, The Bill Michael Show. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. Uh, I just posted a bunch of pictures uh, from last night over with Cigars with the Stars. Uh, I posted some pictures from the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And when we went to uh, Yashimoto, I think is, is what it is, uh, the, the Japanese restaurant that we ended up going to, which we had a great time at. Uh, there's pictures from the Griffiths Observatory. There's uh, from our first night here when we went to the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, pictures around uh, all over when it comes to our, our time here on Radio Row. So all of that is um, is uh, is up and running. So, um, you know, you can find all of it over there. And there's so much to go look at. I, we've expanded a little bit of the story on our Instagram page out here. And we'll continue to post. We'll continue to add stuff to it and recap it. And, uh, and and give you perspective. But it's been a great time. And, and for all of you that have participated, and I'm just looking at Tom and Chris and, and Mark and our buddy Cheddarballs, who's in there all the time. And, you know, we've got so many different people that t- tend to chat in over on the Facebook fan page. And, uh, you know, just there's so many of you regulars that chime in every day and give us opinions, ESPN Steve and Mike and, and Rick Harris and, and all of it. Uh, we, we really appreciate you being a part of the program. So thanks so much. Um, Let's do this uh, because one of the things that uh, we really have not uh, talked a lot about uh, is things outside uh, of what's coming up. First of all, the game itself. We have not given any predictions on this thing. Ben, have you guys done that back in the studio with uh, the morning show with with, uh, Ebo and and Rowdy? Yeah, we did a bit this morning. Did you? Who'd you end up taking? I'm picking the Bengals, even though my head says you, the Rams. I, you've you've kind of you've kind of been on that Bengals bandwagon the whole whole time, man. I have the feeling. Part of it is they won me money each round of the playoffs because I bet on them every time. So I I, yeah. I, I got to stick with it. But I'm going to do the Chris Berman method here. I can't pick a normal score because then if it's wrong, people call me an idiot. I have to pick a crazy score like 19 to 14 or 19 to 12, and if it hits, I'm a genius. So Bengals 19, Rams 12. <sighs> You think it's going to be that low scoring? Not really. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's a lot of people. I'll say this. 
much like you and I, there are people that are saying, my head says the Rams. And I don't look any further than Von Miller and Aaron Donald in that defense and what they can do against that Bengals offensive line. And one of the things that caught my ear, uh, and I don't even know who said it. We've had so many great people on the program this week. Um, somebody said the line has to, it has to eventually catch up with them, doesn't it? And that stuck with me because, remember, we had talked a lot and, and fans were pissed off and you're an idiot. You know what you're talking about? They won. Why are you bitching and moaning? And I kept saying, special teams has to catch up with them at some point. You hope it doesn't. I remember saying that prior to the uh, the playoff game. You hope it doesn't. But, man, if this goes bad, it, it can really cost them. So that stuck in my head because good coaches figure out ways to exploit a weakness. And the Bengals' biggest weakness is that offensive line. And the Rams have two really, really, really talented guys, including a deep defensive front, that can exploit a bad offensive line. I keep thinking to myself, that's going to be the difference in this game. And, and I, I know it shouldn't be because, you know, they were able to, you know, fend off the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs are nowhere near as good up front as what the Rams are. And Tennessee beat the crap out of Joe, Joe Burrow. So I, I guess, you know, with all my friends and family and, and and everybody living back in Ohio that, you know, desperately wants Cincinnati to win and all the agony that we went through twice against the San Francisco 49ers and Tim Crumry, the Wisconsinite, snapping his leg and Stanley Wilson the night before the Super Bowl getting caught face down in a bag of blow and, and kind of, you know, killing everybody's spirit. and You're going to do you it kinda, again, aren't you? You, you kind of want them to win, but I, I just can't pick them. I, I want them to win. Okay, my heart is in Cincinnati with them. But my head, I got to take L.A. But Unless, every time you've picked against Cincinnati, they've won. They've won. So maybe it's the best You're, you're right. May, well, I guess. I, put it this way. I'll be rooting for Cincinnati, like I think most of America will be. But my head says Sean McVay over Zach Taylor. Although I would take Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford because you, 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 what you hope is that Matthew Stafford doesn't do anything Matthew Stafford-esque. While he gets a lot of praise for the way he's played this season, he's played well in his career, but there, he, there are times he does not get you over the hump. Where, where have we heard that before? So I'm, 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 I'm really torn, but I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to take the Rams probably 30-24 in this one, something like that, 30-24, 30-27, and take the Rams. And, and I hope it's not a blowout. The one thing I keep thinking is, is man, I'm going to take this close game, and, and then all of a sudden it's just going to be a Rams blowout. They're just going to completely dominate. Joe Burrow is going to get his brains beat in. Uh, if anything, maybe he ends up you know, getting injured. And all of a sudden, you know, and, or Joe Mixon, first carry of the game, goes down with a hamstring injury, and then he's he's not uh, worth a damn, and they really need him to have a decent game, whether it's, you know, 25, 30 carries, uh, probably about 80, 80 to 85 to 90 yards, something like that, just to be effective and, and, and keeping that defense off of him. But I'm going to take, take the Rams in this one. I just, I just feel I got to. So... I feel anyway. like I, Matt Stafford, every time it comes down to it, there's always one hospital ball, and we saw the Niners drop it. I, I feel like it's going to come down to when he throws that pass, which way it bounces. 
because it's even though the Bengals are so poor up front, they still find a way to be in every game. It's just a question yeah. of who makes the plays in the end. We saw it early in the season against the Packers. Um, yeah. So no, when that agree hospital that. ball falls, they uh, well, the other thing to remember is Cincinnati is by far a second half team. So and we saw them do it against Kansas City, down twenty-one to three, and you thought, man, it's over. <laughs> this game's done, over, not going to happen. And then here they came storming back. And defensively, they made a couple of adjustments. They started playing press man. They kept, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and just chased him, made him uncomfortable. I still, I, I'm still going with my head on this. I'm still going with, with the Rams to get the win, 30-24, 30-27, something like that. I mean, we so. can move on to the important stuff now if you want. Um, what's yeah, the ahead. coin toss? How long is the anthem? And is Snoop Dogg holding a blunt on stage? Um, first of all, everybody out here holds a blunt. Just saying. That's plus 300 on the prop it market is, right now. It is. I am not approved by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, and I didn't smoke pot when I was a kid, but my friends did, and I didn't care. But it is pungent in the air out here everywhere you walk. It is rampant. Um, you, you wake up in the morning and the apartment, and we are in a really nice Airbnb apartment complex called the Da Vinci. Beautiful place. Um, you'd think you're at a five-star resort. And you wake up in the morning. I don't know who is doing it, but you wake up in the morning. And we're getting up early, remember, because we're out here on West Coast time. And, like, right now, back home, it's uh, 10 after 1. It's one eleven Here... It's only 11-11. So when we're going on the air at 10 a.m., it's 8 a.m. here. But when we leave, we get up and go to leave to come into the to Radio Row. It's 5 a.m. here. That's what time we leave. So it's 5 a.m. So when we get up at like 4 in the morning, somebody's already got a dude fired up. Either that or they're just going to bed. But somebody's already got one fired up. And it's pungent every morning. <laughs> It's in the elevator. It was in the rental car. When we picked the rental car up over at the rental car company, we got a really nice Infinity SUV. And you open the door and it's like, oh, man, Snoop Dogg just rented this thing. You know, it is everywhere out here. So uh, it would not surprise me if he doesn't have it in his hand. My assumption is he'll have it in his pocket. But uh, I'll go with tails on the coin flip. I would go with 237 on the national anthem, and I'll go no with having a blunt in his hand, but in his pocket, yes, on the Snoop Dogg. So there's my prop bets. Mark it down. What, what other prop bet do we need to get to? They were talking earlier about Martha Stewart showing up on stage at halftime, but I was I I was kind of out of the Why? whole conversation because I didn't know that well, I didn't know that she had any connection to Snoop Dogg or that she yeah they did a jail. commercial together. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I knew she went to jail. She went to jail for insider trading. But, uh, but yeah, she had, she did a, a Snoop Dogg commercial. I think it was for, like, Lay's or something like that, something where they were sharing guacamole. That's that's all I know. Hmm. Yeah, I know. They, so. they were talking about that prop <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so. um, I might bet Cam Akers to throw a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know hey, why. two. Uh, let's let Cam Akers to throw a touchdown. Just just throwing it down. Just throw twenty bucks on yeah. that. Just to see if it hits. He's a high school quarterback. Yeah. Like, like I have no okay. life. I love college recruiting. 
So I know what all these guys were coming out of high school. So Throw 20 bucks on it, see if it hits. Good high school quarterback. You're good to go. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, uh, Darren Ravel, um, longtime NFL writer, and we just get a quick conversation with him. We talk a little bit about not only what the Packers have going on, but obviously this game coming up. Talk a little bit about the NFL as well, the state of the NFL. You're going to hear that. We've got a really interesting interview with Kix Brooks. Uh, the the singer from Brooks and Dunn. That's as well. We got him, Bill Romanowski. We got a lot yet coming, so stay tuned. We got a lot, home, a lot more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in L.A. Got to say so much thanks to our sponsors, our friends at New Mel Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin. Call them 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. Don't forget about our good friend John Atley and the Water Doctors for the best water softening system in uh, get a hold of him, h to the letter o doctors.com. H to the letter o doctors.com. There you go. That's our good friends over there at the Water Doctors. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show, and it's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, call them or get a hold of them. BayMotelGreenBay.com. BayMotelGreenBay.com. Good stuff there. Also, don't forget our great sponsor, JL Tire. They're out there in uh, Johnson Creek and in Watertown. Lyle and his staff do a fantastic do- job and just uh, genuinely good people. I know that I say that about a lot of people, but they are really, really good people out there. That's JNL Tire Service, just north of 94 in Johnson Creek. And if you're an over-the-road driver, they service the big rigs as well. So don't forget about JNLTire.com. Darren Rovell and uh, the Business on Sports podcast works with Andrew Brandt. Uh, just has been a long time NFL writer covering both the, the teams and the business. Uh, joining us uh, at the table yesterday and just started out just, hey, how you been, man? I'm good. It's good yeah. to see people in person. It's kind of a whirlwind <laughs> through here right now. It is good to see people in person, yeah. though, and yeah. it's it's good to be out and about and getting ready for this. Uh, first of all, give me your thoughts on the state of the NFL with everything that's gone on, the hard questions that Roger Goodell had to face the other day, obviously what's going on in Miami and such. Yeah, listen, uh, society is happening in, right. in the NFL. I mean, we've we've had uh, we've had some issues. Um, I think. We shouldn't dismiss them. Uh, you know, obviously, a lawsuit, uh, when there's a lawsuit, that ratchets it up. It means that you can't only say something that you have to then deliver. Right. Um, and I think for a while, you know, there there was the belief that, you know, the Rooney rule was just lip service. And, and now you have to determine uh, what's real and what's not. What are your thoughts about what went on on Capitol Hill with the, uh, the, the subcommittee? and uh, the complaints about the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder. Yeah, I mean, that's another issue, right? Like, why Why is, with everything that has happened and all the emails that are available, why did? Why was the one thing that came out of it John Gruden? Exactly. We've I all mean, asked that, that same question. That, 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 you know, whether someone is earmarking something for, or something that has an out for John Gruden, okay, but, like, 
where's all the other right. stuff? Like, there's nothing, and there's nothing to share, and that's somehow protected? Very weird. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that was the one thing, especially when there was the request for an oral. Correct. Yeah. And not a, a – because which – And the me, answer can't be there's really nothing else available. And there's right. nothing that showed anything in what is it, this, like – just 6,000 pages of – it doesn't make any sense. I go doesn't. back to uh, my days of watching Law & Order early on saying <laughs> the mere appearance of impropriety is improper. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I completely get it. Give me your thoughts on, on – the, the obviously, we cover the Green Bay Packers. Give me your thoughts on the way this Packers season ended going into the season of the turmoil with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Now we've got the turmoil of waiting until the aftermath and such. Yeah, what's interesting about the Packers is like – it can't only be Aaron Rodgers. He's not the entire team. And I think from a betting standpoint, obviously, like each week, uh, the uh, I think everyone saw the Packers as like the great value this year because every line seemed off. But when you realize that the people, the guys that were missing and the, you know, I just don't think the Packers were a team this year. They didn't have a chance to be a complete team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're not here. The teams that are here, when you look at Matthew Stafford and trying to complete his story, so to speak, no Joe, one will get. No one will give him any. Even if they win the Super Bowl, he will not be given credit. He is. He is deemed as serviceable, and he. <laughs> I don't, is, I, is he above serviceable though? I mean, I obviously think he, he's I got think good he numbers. Is. I think he is above serviceable. But I'm telling people right now that if Matt Stafford has the same numbers as Joe Burrow, whoever wins this, Burrow will get all the credit in the world. And Stafford will not. It's just how people have decided the narrative should be. Then what you're saying, in essence, is you can leave Detroit, but you can't get rid of the stink. <laughs> well, you 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 you, uh, you built it down to that, but like literally, like no one is in, like when you talk about like the marketplace, like no one is interested in Matt Stafford cards. No one's investing, and I and I ask the people who are into cards, this is a good barometer of things. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because they don't think he's gonna t- contribute to a win. Like, right. yeah, I don't know. So Joe Burrow, if because if I would have said, hey, Darren. Uh, in two years, it's going to be Joe Burrow coming out of a no national way. title game, playing in the Super Bowl no against way. Matthew Stafford no way. and the L.A. Rams. We would have all taken that bet in a heartbeat, and we thought we were going to all walk away and buy islands no, near Tahiti. Yeah, yeah, no chance. No chance. I, I'm, I'm really surprised that, that the Bengals got here. But listen, this is also the NFL. Right. The NFL, let's not forget what happens every week. You know, yep. it's not that crazy. There, there are teams that that you think on paper shouldn't be able to beat other teams. And every week there's two to four teams that beat other teams. You know, it, it, I would say 20, 20% of the games, what we thought was going to happen does not happen. Right. I completely agree with you. I, I look at, I get break it down to the coaching as well when we talk about what should happen. McVay should have the edge Correct. in all of this. Uh, but we've seen failure before, and sometimes uh, the way it was put to me earlier is you don't know any better to fail. Plus, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, throw everything out. I, I'm actually not betting this game pre because I think that whoever makes the most mistakes is going to lose. Now, you'd say to me, well, that always happens. No, it doesn't. There are teams that make more mistakes that can overcome it. Neither of these teams can overcome more mistakes. Be, be, and, and so I am actually going to wait until I see – 
kind of get a feel of how, and sure, you can look different in the first quarter than the third quarter, but I just want to get a feel of who seems to be in the moment. Have we gotten past the point, and I always tell some of my younger producers about this, have we gotten past the point that we don't have to worry about the night before the Super Bowl, something happening? We don't have Robinson being arrested. Barrett Barrett Robbins. Barrett taken off. Stanley Wilson sitting with a bunch of blow in Miami. Have we gotten past that? I think we have, but all it takes is one. Right. <laughs> all it takes is one guy. I love who's your seen, optimism. All, all it takes is well, I'm not. It's not. I'm. Pr- I'm protecting myself to say that they listen to you and yeah. they listen to me. And I said we're past it. Yeah. I mean, we're never past life's temptations. Right. So, I. I, I don't know. But that was why I, re- I remember, especially Barrett Robbins. I yeah. remember that. That was. That yeah. was nuts. The Eugene Robinson yeah, one. Eugene Robinson yeah. in '97. Yeah, the Atlanta one. Yeah, that was the picking up the hookers. After you would. Giving you the would think. You would think smart. that. Yeah. You would think that the bigger moment overtakes the temptation of the night before. Right, yeah. right. But we all know there's yeah. a couple of serious temptations out yeah. there between money and sex, yeah. and yeah. unfortunately, sometimes yeah. both clash. Darren, I know you got to run. Thanks for joining us for a couple minutes. Thank appreciate you so it. much. There you go, Darren Ravel of uh, the Business on Sports, longtime NFL writer and a reporter as well, joined us and just kind of gave us a little bit of his observation. Uh, regarding all of this in the state of the NFL right now. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We've got a lot more coming up. Got a couple more interviews that we want to get in. And we got we got good people. Good. The guy, think about this for a minute. The guy that is now the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Griffith, is going to be joining us. You don't know his name because it's been Tom Brady. Ryan Griffin going to be joining us. You're going to hear from him coming up here in just a little bit. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, and I've uh, got a couple of segments to go before we're out of here. You know, uh, interesting stuff. We've got uh, uh, a young man, older man, I should say, but was a young man at one point in time, uh, in the music industry. Kix Brooks, uh, I had met him years and years ago when I was doing, uh, when I first really kind of busted back into the business and was doing some country radio. Great guy. And he's out here doing the tour. Uh, Brooks and Dunn originally broke up, and then they were back together, and then they were breaking up, and then they were back together. And it's just, it's it's been really, really cool. And um, so anyway, long story short, um, it, it's it, it's it's really uh, a, a, a pleasure, not only to talk to him, but obviously a guy that's in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and, and they've just been traveling and for so many years and been able to get it done. We sat down and started to talk uh, with uh, Kix Brooks, uh, Brooks and Dunn, the country act, and just deviating away from the world of sports for just a moment. Take a listen because we talked about, you know, here's here's our good guy, Kix Brooks. I interviewed you. I worked in country, one of my first jobs, back in 94, 5. Your phone like sounds so good. Really? Yeah, I just came off of two, two dead phone <laughs> interviews. It's it's good, but no, they're real clear. Good. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I, I when you guys were were cranking away and uh, Garth was huge. Yeah. They, I mean, they still are, but you know, it was. I interviewed you guys way back then, man. Oh, cool. Was, it, and as a matter of fact, uh, your. Well, thanks for making us famous. So, 
I think you had a, a little hand in that. Uh, your record producer ended up sending to my house one of your gold records. Oh, really? Record cool. Display, I, which I had for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So, so what are you doing now? So, um, hmm, that's a big question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got a winery. So yes. making wine. I raised some uh, cattle, too, you know, be master right. cattle. Uh, Ronnie and I are still touring. We're putting together uh, our, you know, next run right now. We did uh, probably 20 shows last year. Yeah. Uh, mostly all amphitheaters. Uh, this year we'll do a few indoor buildings. Um, and uh, probably 20, 25 shows, something like that, doing weekends starting in April, May, and doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday stuff. And, uh, um, you know, doing the countdown show. I, I've been hosting American Country Countdown for 15 years now. Right. So when you were, the, the original <laughs> word was, you're breaking up. You guys are done. Everybody's going to go their separate ways. It's yeah. over. And it wasn't. Yeah. And then maybe it will be. But it's not. So is it just the fact that you just you just love doing it, love creating music together? You've created some brilliant songs together, and it's just it, you're just not going to put it away. Well, we do love doing it, and Reba's—it's really her fault. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know we had done a f- couple of tours with her where we just had a ton of fun, the three of yeah. us, and and um, yeah, and actually her husband at the time, Narvel Blackstock. Um, said, would you guys be interested in going to Vegas? He said, I keep getting some calls out there. And we're like, I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. But, you know, so Reba, she's really into it. And if you guys would like to do it, I said, well, could see who and what, you know. And it came back the Coliseum at Caesars Palace, which is just an amazing theater and whatever. And in December, we just finished 105 shows. So that first show out there, uh, and by the way, once when we quit touring in 2010 i think six months later we were all on a boat in tahiti together you know having a great vacation and ronnie and i have continued to hunt and you know we're we hang out together but you know the the creative part of putting together an album that last one when we stopped just got to a point to where it's like good grief what right this is this is not what we want to be doing. We don't, and we don't. Ronnie and I. This is the honest of God truth. He will, he will corroborate this. We've never raised our voices at each other. You know, we have never had a screaming fit. We've always respected each other. And you know, we, we wrote our first two number one songs the week we met. You know, with a record company putting us together to be an act, which is just, we both. You know, I was 36. He's 38 years old. The chances of this happening or working didn't make any sense, but we like to write songs, and we like the songs we wrote. And, you know, next thing you know, we're on this rocket ship uh, that just shouldn't have happened, and we're like, okay, we'll we'll try again, and we kept screwing up and having hits. And (laughs) next thing you know, you turn around, it's 20 years later, and you went... What just happened, you yeah. know? And and we ju- we really needed a break, and uh, and creatively we were starting to butt heads, and it just it wasn't fun like it was when we started. And we just agreed to disagree and to you know go make some music if if you want by yourself and see how that feels. And it was good for both of us. We we had no expectations of having Brooks and Dunn success as solo artists or anything like that. Right. But sometimes just for your mental stability and for your person it's good to get off by yourself and remind yourself you can make music all by yourself without expectations 
as a duo, I think duos may be harder than groups even, you know, but but it's, you know, because there's so much compromise and push and pull, and, you know, fans don't want to hear that stuff. Yeah. Um, but we got away from each other for a minute. We came back and started playing with Reba, and then it was really neat that a lot of artists, Casey Musgraves and Luke Combs and John Party and all these people start wearing Brooks and Dunn T-shirts and stuff. If anything, we wore the ugliest clothes in the history of country music. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. I look, I look at in the White nonsense hats and we black did. Hats and you, we you guys, shot ourselves yeah. out of cannons, and we blew way too much confetti, and we had inflatable yeah. girls blown up ten stories high on stage. And I figured we'd look back, and people would continue to talk for years about the nonsense that we created. And the truth was. Now people are actually talking about our music, and nothing makes me feel better. People don't even remember all the crazy stuff we did. I have to remind them of that. You know, yeah. I, I figured it'd be, oh, by the way, we did make some music along the way, but that's that's what makes us feel good now, and and that's kind of what inspired us to, do you think there's still enough fans out there to do a tour yeah. this far down the road? And I, I call it getting a willy kiss. You know, the, <laughs> I mean, the fact that we're... We're, we're this far down the road, and, and we're still drawing the crowds that we were drawing, uh, in, you know, in 2005, six, whenever yeah. we were heyday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. But then again, you know what? It's kind of like you, 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 you I don't want to say break up. You just go your separate ways, like you say, agree to disagree. And then you go and write, and you think to yourself, it, for what we had was pretty fun to go that way too. And you don't necessarily find the same outlets or the same mind that makes you better, you, if you find somebody that makes you better and you make them better, you don't necessarily find that out there. And then all of a sudden you yeah. realize, okay, maybe maybe this wasn't uh, the creative differences. Maybe it was just something that uh, needed to be a break for a while. This sounds really arrogant, but when when Ronnie and I got put in the Country Music Hall of Fame, I, I told this story about Merle Haggard. Um, and he really, he really got in my face one day. It was funny because he was upset with us. He agreed to go on tour with us our last two weeks because we were both huge Haggard fans. Yeah. And if we would play a song with him every night, but he got to pick the song. Okay. And the song uh, was never uh, Silver Wings or Working Man Blues. It was always some obscure, the most obscure country song he could think of to make us go woodshed before that night's right. show, you know. So I get on the bus, and he's up there. He goes, sit down. He goes, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know, Merle, what's wrong with this? said, look out that window. And we were in Woodstock, New York, I remember, and we sold it to the Gills. And said, why would y'all stop? All those people out there wanting to see you. Yeah. Said, I don't know, Merle. I said, you know, you and Willie did Poncho and Lefty. It's probably one of my favorite songs ever in country music. You, you did a video together. You guys were best of friends. I go, Ronnie Dunn and I didn't even know each other when we met. We made it 20 years you know, you guys made one album. We made it 20 years, Merle. Why would you give me a hard time? Right. And he took a second. And he goes, you know, we only had one hit. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed, but then he chilled, and he goes, listen, you got a thing. He goes, you got to respect that. Yeah. And he goes, there's no explaining it sometimes, but you two, you got a thing. That's yeah. what he said. He goes, and... Don't, don't walk away from that. Right. And I think when we took a break, we really didn't walk away from it. You know, I mean, 
we knew how to get back to it, I think. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily our intention because we wanted to stay friends. Yeah. And if staying friends meant we needed to stay out of the studio together or we needed to stay off stage or whatever. But I think when Reba brought us back and we got on the stage and we smiled at each other and fired those guitars up, we're like, yeah. <laughs> this. I don't know why, but this is kind of where we belong, dude. Yeah. Uh, real quick before I let you go, I know they keep waving at me two minutes, but I got to ask you, why the $2 bill in your hat? You took off the cowboy hat to do the interview. Why the $2 bill? That's a thing. This is a, this is a, a, a hat that that was made for me by a, a really fine hat maker. And um, oh, anyway, that's what they do. They, they put, put a $2, $2 bill, bill in, there? in there. and Just it's, a luck? It's just a good luck Just thing. a good luck piece. Yeah. There you go. Great just to, a cowboy thing. Great to talk to you again. We're not going to wait another 25, 30 years to do this. So. Let's, let's not wait so dang long. Right? All right. right. So uh, I, I was young and an up-and-comer. I've aged a lot Me since Me too. Then. You haven't aged nothing. <laughs> nothing. Look at us. We're still nothing. here. What We're does age here. mean, huh? Huh? <laughs> we'll do it and be sponsored by Jared Hall the next us. time we're all together. <laughs> all right, buddy. You be good. Uh, I know you got to run, but thanks for stopping by. No, fantastic. Thank you. There you go. Kicks Brooks, uh, the famed Brooks and Dunn Country Music Hall of Famers, and uh, just uh, such a great pleasure to catch up with him. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to wrap it up. We've got some more coming to you live from L.A., getting you ready for Super Bowl 56 here inside the Convention Center and Radio Row. Bill Michael Show continues right after this. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Rams and the Bengals. Sunday night at 5.30 for Super Bowl 56 here in Los Angeles. The Rams had to move their practices from their facility in the hills of Thousand Oaks to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena due to the heavy Santa Ana winds in the area. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford says he's excited about Sunday night but had this advice for his teammates. You know, once the ball snaps... Uh, that's going to be another football game. You know, we got to go out there and execute. We got to play, you know, to the best of our ability, trust each other, trust our ourselves, and go out there and just have fun playing it and enjoying the experience. The Bengals held practice at UCLA. Afterwards, head coach Zach Taylor reflected on only having four wins last year to going to the Super Bowl the following season. Appreciate everything that's happening for us right now because we, we've seen the worst of things, and now obviously we're seeing the best of things. And. Um, I can't think of any better way to, to go along this journey than the way that we've done it so far. And last night at the NFL Honors Awards, Packers safety Leroy Butler learned he'll be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame later this year. And for the fourth time, Aaron Rodgers won the league's most valuable player award. I'd like to thank the Green Bay Packers, Mark, Brian, Russ, our incredible fan base. It's been uh, an amazing 17 years. So thankful for the memories and the moments over the years. Uh, I'd like to thank Matt LaFleur and his perfectly groomed eyebrows. <laughs> we have Matt, there you are. In all seriousness, two out of three years winning this thing, you're a huge part of this. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for supporting me, empowering me, and making things easy for me. Appreciate you, buddy. That's Aaron Rodgers. In Los Angeles, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Wrapping things up here in uh, here in L.A. 
Final segment before we uh, start to wing our way back to Wisconsin. Uh, you got the game coming up on Sunday, Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati taking on uh, the L.A. Rams. And uh, we already went through our picks and predictions and such. We've got to say thanks to our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com, K-U-N-E-S, Cunis RV. .com. Also, thanks to our friends at The Nice Ash, EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Uh, That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill out in Pewaukee. And don't forget about Jeff and Alicia and the whole gang at Soli's Hog Alley. And our friends at Old 109. You can find up in Watertown. And thanks to all the sponsors that brought us out here. Joining us now, Ryan Griffin, backup quarterback uh, on Tampa Bay. Now out there uh, kind of, you know, hawking the wear, so to speak. How you been, man? Good. Do you mind me asking what your picks and predictions were? I, uh, my, I'm from originally Cincinnati. Okay. So this my heart kind of wants Cincinnati, yeah. but I bad to, I, bad to bet. Yeah, with your, or pick with your heart. I yeah. I, I can't. Uh, I, I took a thirty twenty six, thirty twenty four, or something like that. The Rams. So I kind of got to go okay. in the Rams direction. I just look. You know as well as I do. You win games in the trenches. When you have a weakness, such as the Cincinnati offensive line, even though they were upright and they did yeah. pretty well against Kansas City, it's been a mess all season long. Joe Burrow, the most sacked quarterback in NFL, in the NFL this year. And now you're going up against the best guys in the trenches. I, it, that has to give. I Look, we cover the Packers, and throughout the rest of the season, we kept saying, at some point, doesn't that special teams have to cost you? And then it came true. Yeah. So it is what it is. It is. Yeah. And, I, I mean, that's how it goes. But right. I, I do think you're right. I think the thing that makes the Rams so good on defense is they can control the front with just five guys. Right. And then the rest they can dedicate to messing with the coverage and making it really hard on the quarterback. They can bring another guy down and really stop the run. But they can stop the run with five. They can rush with five. Yeah. They can rush with four and get home. I mean, to me, I think it's it's going to be really tough. I said the, if, if Cincinnati wins, the one thing that's going to be the X factor is going to be Joe Mixon. Because if they can run the ball, that changes things. Yeah, then that's if they can control the front five. If they can control yeah. the front five. but Because Mixon, he's really good with with yards after contact. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and can catch the ball out of the backfield. See, I think he's more, that's where he's going to be much more of an advantage to me is if they can get him out so he's not in pass pro. If they can right. get him out, that's where they would be a, a weakness in the Rams' defense is covering the running back, and that's where their strength is for the Bengals. Is He's going to be a lot more athletic. He's just going to be better than Reader and uh I think Ernest Johnson or yeah. whoever, yeah, 32. Um, right. I think that, uh, to me, it would be get the ball to him in the pass game. Uh, Got to ask you, you know, I mean, obviously playing behind Brady, and now that Brady announces his retirement, what is it like there? What is it like playing alongside that guy when we all know that his pockets jingles with rings? Yeah, it's, I mean, it was uh, it was an awesome two years. It was uh probably two of the most fun years i've had playing football um in my life and uh i know a lot of that is uh due to him and uh it's just what he brought to the team and um you know the fun that we had in our room we had a great time getting ready every week so and that uh he brought a good element He's he's a great guy to play with take it uh take us back to the nfc championship game last year Okay. And you come into cold Green Bay, everything is set up for the Packers. Everybody thought the Packers yep. are going to win this game. It's going to so be so cold. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of Florida guys. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't going to bode well. And turnovers obviously changed the tide of that game. Yeah. Uh, Tom are, threw a couple. I think you guys are cheating too with those signs making some noise. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't know how Goodell. I mean, I do. Right. I, no, don't put a pass, Goodell. But right. you know, that was allowed somehow. Was that? I, I'm not going to say surprising because the the fact that you you won the game and everybody, if you prepare, you believe you're going to win. But when you walked out of there, you went, "Damn!" You know, everything was set up for the Packers to win that game, and yep. and 
there's just a different level of swagger and confidence when Brady was under center. No doubt. Uh, I mean, and guys stepped up. I mean, guys didn't play like we were cold and didn't want to be there. I mean, it's an NFC Championship game. Everybody wants to be there. But there's a big difference between, like, really stepping up in the cold and and not worried about it and just playing the game. And, and guys stepped up. And it was, like, the first game all year we really dealt with noise because there was noise, like, 100%. And so yeah. to go the whole season not having to deal with noise, be able to communicate the line, guys did a great job of watching Tom and being able to see signals, which we didn't have to do all year. Yeah, because it was a weird year because of COVID, obviously. Of COVID, so yeah. nobody really realizes you, when you don't have to worry about noise. That's it, huge for huge, offense. Yeah. yeah, huge. Big, big difference. Um, I, I go back. Get, tell me what kind of leader. I, I go back to after that game and listen to some of the interviews going into the Super Bowl about Brady calling guys and saying, hey, this is what we want to focus on. You know, get get everything else out of your mind. You know, let the wife handle the tickets and all that. All the leadership side of things, the stuff that we don't get a chance to see. Yeah. What did you learn from Brady in that sense? I think the best thing he does as a leader is, you know, like like you said, he calls people, right? And so he got on the team, got everybody's number, calls everybody and talks to them. From day one, it never felt like he's Tom Brady up here and you're a rookie or you're whoever right. down here. It was even playing field. I need you. You need me. We're doing this together. So from day one, it never felt like there was a, a difference in the type of person who, who we are. You know, we're equals. Right. And I think that's huge. You know, guys guys want to work, and they, they work harder. There's there's definitely an accountability factor that comes in just with being who he is. Like, all right, we got Tom Brady. He's going for another Super Bowl, going to be seven, like most all time. And, like, we want to be a part of that. We want right. to help him get there. But the fact that he came in and was like, we're the same person and treated you like an equal and talks to guys like equals. And, I mean, it, that's, to me, it was the best thing he did as a leader. What did he learn from you? Well, I mean, I did, I was in Tampa for, I have been for seven years. So right. whenever there was a question about guys on the team, yeah, you know, he would ask me because I've been right. around those guys forever. Like, how does this guy respond to this? Can I yell at this guy? What does this guy do well? Really? So we're able to. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That, that a guy says, hey, can I get on this guy, or does he respond well if you kind of crack yeah. the whip, so to speak? That, that's what I'm saying. It, it's I, I've always said great leaders don't just lead; they listen. You know, they 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 really do have a support group. They understand how to how to use the people around them, not use them in the sense of use them up, but use them as tools to be better to make everybody better. And that's the thing is, whenever you treat him like equals, talk to him like equals, yeah. he's going to get. Like I said, he needs you, and you need him. He's going to get whatever he can out of every single person. To make his job easier, right. so we can win. What uh, What's next for you? I like to keep playing, play till the wheels fall off. Yeah, um, I, I, there I, could be an opening in Green Bay. We're not sure. There could be. <laughs> there could be. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't hate to have your guy down in Tampa. Um, yeah, but I mean, I want to keep playing, and then after that, you know, whether it's a high school quarterback coach or try coaching the NFL, I will coach yeah. at some point. I yeah. just don't know what level. Yeah, is it is it always something you've aspired to? No. Uh, that's uh, it's one thing that I just talking with uh, some close friends. It's it's tough, right? So this is my dream job. This is right. what I work so hard to get to, and I've accomplished it. And here I am living my dream. Like, yeah. what do you do next? What what is like? You don't have two dream jobs. No right. one, no one grows up with two dream jobs. So um, I don't know what I will do, but I do know that I I want to try it because right. I feel like I can help people. I feel like I would get something out of it. There'd be a, a reward aspect to developing people yeah. and seeing them succeed before i let you go we only got about a minute here uh i gotta ask you standing there watching ab antonio brown meltdown yeah 
I don't think anybody's ever seen anything like that. I haven't. That's a kiss my ass tour right there when you when you walk out the door like that. But what? It's unfortunate because I I would love to see him get a chance to keep playing because he is still so good at football. He's a spectacular football player. And that, to me, is, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, he's off the team. Yeah. But it's another thing to have that happen and it be harder for him to play again. And I hate that for him. Okay. As a teammate, the fact that he's walked out, can you ever trust him again? For A.B., I feel like there's... You can. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's just kind of built up to that moment. And it, we all have those moments. You know, like, I yeah. think we'd all be lying if, and if no one was like, I've never snapped. I've never, you know, done something irrational. Right. You know? So, for him, I feel like it was kind of just snap. I think we've all done something irrational. I don't think we've ever kind of gone out like that. Well, <laughs> hey, your irrational is different than my irrational. Right. I, I think your irrational is probably a little, little bit more subdued so to speak but man it's it's great talking to you i appreciate you stopping by and hanging yeah, out with no us problem it's okay and i'd love to play whistling straights that's uh that's whenever you list. come back up let us know that's on that my list. And aaron hills yeah. which uh, was the u.s open right to get up street. there in the summer yeah. and do play some of those courses. absolutely yeah. let us know we'd be happy to take you out man all right okay awesome. appreciate it there you go that is uh ryan griffin backup quarterback in tampa bay with the buccaneers uh, i'll tell you what thanks to everybody thanks to all of our sponsors thanks to mike clements uh who has done unbelievable work here Thanks to Eric, our floor producer on site out here in Los Angeles. Ben, you did a fantastic job hanging in there and flying by the seat of your pants because you figured out what your first Super Bowl is all about. It's absolutely crazy, man, right? That is a word. Crazy is a word. <laughs> and thanks to everybody I for paying attention to us. Yes, we need, yes, many beers. That, that'll happen a little bit later on tonight over at Universal Studios, and then we're going to wing our way back home. Until then, it is time for us to go. Don't forget, find us on the podcast. Find us on YouTube. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk again on Monday after the game. Until then, have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.